lives will matter. Amber Geiger faces murder charges for the killing of Botham Jean, an unarmed black man in his own apartment. She says she thought it was her residence. Jean's mother, Allison, is worried. It's dependent on so many human beings. Geiger faces life in prison if convicted. Allison Keyes, CBS News. Charges are being dropped against two Florida six-year-olds who were arrested in separate incidents last week. State Attorney Aramis Ayala. The children will not be prosecuted, and just as importantly... I am looking into options that may reverse the legal damage, such as removing the arrests from the children's records. Stocks were mixed on Wall Street today. The Dow was up 15 points. NASDAQ, though, fell five. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 0.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. What should have been a joyous occasion turned into tragedy. This was the moment Stephen Weber held up a sign proposing to his girlfriend, Kanisha Antoine, free diving outside the window of their underwater hotel room at a Tanzanian resort. But Weber never surfaced. He told me, I'm going to marry Kanisha. I'm going to ask her to marry me. Best friend Jared Monson mourning. A beautiful, very bright bright soul. Kanisha Antoine writing on her Facebook page the answer Weber never got to hear. Yes, I will marry you in the next lifetime and the next and the next. Vicki Barker, CBS News. A used Gibson guitar fetched a pretty penny when put up for auction. The black Gibson ES-345 prototype was given to the late B.B. King on his 80th birthday. One of several guitars King called Lucille, it went for $280,000. The 15-time Grammy winner died in Las Vegas in 2015 at age 89. Pam Coulter, CBS News. Would you take $100 and throw 80 of it away? If you're taking drugstore vitamin tablets, that's exactly what you're doing because 80% of those tablets are not being absorbed. Hi, I'm naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, creator of Texas Superfood. Many of you take Texas Superfood daily and feel great. But some people tell us they just don't like the taste of green powder or they have a problem swallowing capsules. That's why we created our new line of great-tasting liquid supplements. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash liquid. From multivitamins to products for energy, sleep, joint care, and more, our liquid supplements offer the highest absorption rates available anywhere, up to 96%. Imagine waking up after a great night's sleep feeling rested and ready to handle the day with endless energy and clarity. Stop wasting your money on drugstore vitamin tablets that don't work. Get absorbable liquid nutrition from the name you trust, Texas Superfood. Visit TexasSuperfood.com slash liquid to get 20% off. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash liquid. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash liquid now. 
It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Sports fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore, as the big man said, Connor Mills, Troy Bolin in studio with me. And it's a Monday, which means we got a lot to cover. And we need to get to all of it because there's not going to be a show on Tuesday and Wednesday because the Cincinnati Reds decide to have early first pitches. So 640 first pitch means no show for us. But we have a show today. And that's all that matters because it's football recap Monday and all three of us in studio had a lot of fun experiences over the weekend in terms of football. We will get to all sorts of football today. We will talk about the Browns, their expected loss to the Los Angeles Rams last night and some of the worry points that are really popping up for them. We will talk about the Athens Alexander game, 28 to 6 win for Athens and we'll preview Athens, a big game this Friday now against the Vinton County Vikings, who shut out the Megs Marauders in their conference opener. But where I wanted to start in this one was with the game that Troy and I were sitting very close to each other at on Saturday, where it was hot. I have a bad sunburn on the side of my nose. I got cooked, and I watched what I believe is is a guaranteed first-round pick, and it is now on the table that he could be the number one overall pick in the draft. Joe Burrow, six touchdowns, an LSU school record against Vanderbilt. Most points in a half and best offensive performance in a half against an SEC defense in 15 years. Joe Burrow's current numbers right now, folks, he has... In the last game, he was 73% completion, 398 yards, 11 touchdowns. Right now, 93.2 QBR, 80% completion, 80%, 80%. That's incredible. That is truly an incredible number. 1,520 yards, 17 touchdowns, and two interceptions, and he's doing it at LSU. And I am telling you what Joe Burrow looks like to me is an NFL quarterback. The way he's operating the offense is, is deadly. Deadly accuracy. The arm strength has improved to an NFL level. And we know the intangibles. Those that have covered Joe Burrow for a long, long time. These stories that you read, I mean, ESPN released an article, Troy. I don't know if you saw this. Where it just tells these mystical tales of Super Burrow. Where he got to ride his bike on Nebraska Memorial Stadium. He fell down one time and never fell down again. Like weird stories like that. Stories that I know you have heard from his time as a nine-year-old in AAU. There was an Ohio sociology professor that came out and said, hey, he's got some weird thing where his pulse doesn't increase when he's calm, when he's under pressure. He's calm under pressure. These are not normal stories. These are not normal tales. These are tales of number one overall picks. What did Tom Herman say to Urban Meyer the first time he saw Joe Burrow? He said, I found your next Alex Smith. Alex Smith was the number one overall pick of the draft. 
And I just want everybody out there to know I'm not drinking Joe Burrow Kool-Aid. It's not just because I went to the game. I'm telling you, I'm sitting back and watching. And what is playing out in front of us are a lot of scenarios that could get Joe Burrow the number one overall pick. He has the intangibles off-field. You know he's going to be able to run your offense. He's a coach's kid. He's cerebral. They are looking for that in the NFL right now. And he's proven to make every throw. And if he goes into Tuscaloosa, beats Alabama, takes LSU to the playoff, gets close to or wins a national championship, and finishes in the top three in the Heisman Trophy, or wins the thing, and you don't think that he could be potentially the number one overall pick, well, I think you're a little crazy. So I just want everybody to know that this is on the table. Joe Burrow, come April, could really be not some weird dream that we used to have, that, oh, maybe one day if everything goes perfect. No, if if a few actually realistic and honestly sometimes favored in Vegas scenarios happen, Joe Burrow could be announced as the number one overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. And, and that's absolutely incredible and more, Troy, than I think Athens fans could have ever imagined uh, would happen for Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't think anybody could have expected what we've seen through the first four weeks from the LSU quarterback. Yeah. <clears throat> i got to pop you up there. There you go. It's been pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> I feel like my job all the time, Connor, is to come in here and pull Lucas back back down from the cloud. <laughs> it's like Monday morning. He's like, grab Lucas, pull him down a little Last bit. Last week, I hyped up Joe Burrow, and I said I, know, I was I talking bad on the Browns, and this weekend vindicated me. I know. Well, I'm just going to bring you back down a little bit to say um, – Man, just slow down and let us enjoy this season a little bit. It's four, it's game four, and I don't, you're you're already fast forty number one picks in Alabama. I mean, he's got to play Florida. They got to play Auburn. They got tough games ahead of them, and I, I just I I just want to kind of enjoy his senior season and and go uh, kind of week by week enjoying what I watch him play. I like seeing him get all the accolades. I like seeing that kind of stuff. I loved watching him play Saturday. It was terrific. To me, playing Vanderbilt looked. Similar to, I don't know, 30 other games that I watched that young man play growing up. I mean, he looked very similar. He's comfortable in an offense that he likes to play in, doing things that I've been watching since 2012. It's nice to see him do it on a kind of a bigger stage, but it's not surprising to me. It's You see somebody do something like hundreds of times, it doesn't really, there's no shock value in it, yeah. to be honest with you. But it's coming out of his hands just at that next level. I mean, he, yeah, I mean he's better is. than he's ever been. Um, he's just doing everything that he done before just maybe a little bit better where he is stronger but we expected that this is what five 2012 seven years later yeah i expect him to do things bigger and stronger and i expect him when he does go to the nfl we all believe that he will whether he's the the one the overall one is kind of irrelevant i mean i don't want him to be the number one overall pick because it's probably better for his career to be in the middle rounds i mean it was before rounds middle of the first yeah i mean before it was like yeah he may be able to be a third or fifth rounder and and i'm there's no doubt that He'll be at least a first or a second rounder, and that's great for me to be a quarterback to be drafted in the NFL, and he'll have to probably wait his time and do do all the stuff that he just did when he transferred from high school to college football. And that's all fine. It's all great. Just uh, hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully LSU continues to play well. Hopefully they continue to win. I know they're getting pretty banged up right now. Um, I uh, was not happy to see Jefferson go out and to find out that um, – Oh, not Chase, but the third receiver that's a really good receiver has a fracture in his foot. He might be out another four, like four weeks with big games on the horizon versus Florida and Auburn. So, yeah, there's just so much to play, man. It's, it's week four. It's week four of the season. Yeah, and he still has a lot to prove and a lot to show. 
I'm just I just want everybody to know this is on the table because you know you say it out loud and a lot of people who maybe aren't paying that close attention wouldn't believe it. But I'm just telling you that the formula is there, the numbers are there, the accolades are there, the off-field stories are there for this to happen for Joe Burrow and I think it should elevate everybody's excitement when watching this kid play Connor because to me if I'm like man I could be watching a Heisman Trophy winner this season and potentially the number one overall pick. I, that makes me really excited to turn on the TV and watch Joe Burrow play. Listen, it, you should be excited. You know, he's been playing real well, but if you talk to Joe Burrow, if you listen to any of the interviews, he says it's pointless to be talking about a Heisman conversation right now when it's four weeks into September. You know, you're four games down. There's a lot more left to go, and especially against uh, Auburn, especially against Alabama. Like, there are some big, big games that Burrow still has to play. He's got to show up and do it. He's been showing up all season long, and it's been great. It's been really fun to watch him this senior season. However, he's got to keep on doing it. Yeah, and he's got to go on the road to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, he's got to go on the road, but he just has to be as consistent as he's being now, and that's a hard task to do. He's been making it look so easy. It's been fun to watch, but he's got to keep on doing it. If all these predictions that we're saying will come true, if he's going to be you know, in that Heisman conversation, if he's going to be the, the Heisman winner. You know, he's got to keep on doing what he's been doing now, and it, the schedule does not get easier. It gets harder. You have more teams like Texas. You know, you might have to throw for 400 yards and, and try, and even if 400 yards against Alabama, that might not even do it. You know, Alabama is a very good football team, but that might be the battle between the two Heisman contenders. It He's got to keep on doing it, but what we get to do here is just relax and enjoy his season because it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I, I just don't want to relax here. Let's get hyped. This is a short little window. I think everybody is hyped. They just don't want to fast forward and not worry about things you can't control. And they, and, I know, you know, things like that. And it's just the, the more you hype somebody up and, and kind of fast forward to things is, I don't know. It's it's not healthy talk. Browns twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah, that's not healthy either. We no, but sometimes, like, road. this is, well, this is the thing that I love about Joe Burrow. I think there's a real difference between the confidence and, you know, he had some interactions with the Vanderbilt defensive line on the field where you're like, oh, my Lord, that is a confidence to say it lightly reaction. Some would say cocky uh, the, to where a defensive end pushes him out of bounds late, a guy who already had a chippy penalty on him earlier in the game, number 10 for Vanderbilt. Then I watched Joey. Walk off the sideline calmly, grab that defensive defensive lineman, SEC defensive lineman, does this directly in front of the Vanderbilt bench, grabs him calmly on the back of his shoulder pad like he was an old lady just tapping somebody to, to ask a, a, a small, soft question, and said something to this player, to his face, with just a calm look. It set something that set off the entire Vanderbilt bench, and the dude walked away walked away, wasn't nervous, didn't care. I'm telling you, the, that type of thing. And yet in every press conference, it's we got to get better. We got to do this. I know that I have to do this. He just understands where he sits. He's very, very smart. Being very smart is a very good thing for the quarterback position. The way he's able to dissect everything and throw to the exact right place, it's uncanny and it's unnatural. For somebody in college football to be doing. I mean, what he did against Vanderbilt, it's an SEC defense, right? I know it's Vanderbilt. 
It's an SEC defense. There are SEC athletes. There are three and four star recruits on that Vanderbilt defense. He played a nearly perfect game as a quarterback. Every read, every drop, every play action fake executed to perfection. He was nearly perfect. It wasn't just numbers. It wasn't a guy slinging the football around sidearm. It was a guy executing a position as perfectly as it can be executed in a game. And that's impressive, and there's not a lot of guys who have ever played as well as Joe Burrow did against Vanderbilt in the sport of college football. Somebody that didn't play well this weekend, though, guys, was the Ohio Bobcats. Their 45-25 loss uh, to Louisiana puts a lot of questions. And that 7.5 number that you and I talked about, Troy, well, we got to give credit to Michael Roth right now. He wrote an article on WATHSportsFan.com for the Bobcat Insider before the season that he would leave the bet alone or even take the under in terms of over-under 7.5 wins for Ohio. Now you tell me this? Because the non-conference slate was so difficult for the Ohio Bobcats. Thanks, man. I see how we are. I thought we were friends. We talked about this. No, I did not hear that from anybody. Everybody was like, wow, 7.5. You got to take the over. That's crazy. Well, the the tough non-conference got him because they dropped Pitt. Game Nathan Rourke was sick. Maybe you win that if he's healthy. You lose a close 50-50 toss-up game on the road to Marshall. And then you just don't show up for one game, which tends to happen when you have a young team. And and now you're 1-3 and three in non-conference, and you have barely any momentum heading into a big game on the road against Buffalo. Hmm. It's rough. They've got a bye week, right? It's bye week before bye Buffalo. Bye week right now. And then at Buffalo. Ugh, I still feel like they're all right, man. I I just feel like they're they're I just can't envision this team being being a seven and five football team. I cannot fathom that. That seems impossible to me. So I think if they just go on the road, take care of business versus Buffalo, that still gives you room for one more hiccup against the team. They should be favored against every team from here on out, correct? Yeah, they should be. Looking at the schedule, Buffalo, NIU, Kent State. Well, it, it depends how they play. Like, if they go out and lose to Buffalo, then you've got to change the whole equation. But as of right now, after the tough loss to Louisiana, they're going to be favored against Buffalo. I, I think they're going to be favored against Northern. But watch out for Kent, 750 yards. They'll be favored against Ball State. Miami of Ohio. The Red Hawks, that's a rivalry game. We'll see where Miami is at that point. That's at home, right? Yes. Yeah, that is yeah I, I, I'm not worried about that game. I feel like payback's in order. I think they'll be motivated. Miami doesn't scare me. And then Western Michigan's at home, too. They're tough. That's good, because I hate going clear over there. They don't play well at Western Michigan. That's a good sign. Well, they played there well last year, but normally, no. So at home against Western, you like that. Bowling Green just gave up 750 yards to Kent State. And Akron's horrible this year. So the end of the max schedule is certainly something that the Bobcats are going to be able to navigate here. And it's it's a schedule that I think that they can only lose one MAC game. You're right, Troy. But here's the thing. It's Frank Solich has been pretty much due for two MAC losses for forever. Now they've gotten into the conference championship with two MAC losses because you have one on the other side and one in the East usually win all your tiebreakers. But I, I just don't know. You need you need to not do the two MAC loss thing. You want to be comfortable with only one one slip up. But you're right. They're going to be favored in every game. It's it's a navigable schedule. It's favorable in terms of. Where it's placed in the week, you get your right amount of rest. I think the Bobcats are going to be fine. I think last week was an abolition, like a just a bad day. Just a bad day. Well, five turnovers is a bad yeah. day. We were watching 
I got back to the tailgate and I was talking to Coach Burrow. And uh, we were talking about the Bobcats. I said, well, we looked at my phone, man. It was like 10 to 6. I thought it was a close game. He said, no, they, they gave up 45 points. I said, how did they give up 45 points? I was just looking at my phone a half hour ago because I actually took the Bobcats plus three or something on a teaser bet. And then I go to learn more about the game later that night. I mean, you turn the ball over five times. That's a, what's called an anomaly. Lucas, is that the word you're looking for? Yes. It's anomaly. not going to happen all the time. It's tough. It's unfortunate. It happens. Hey, let's get it out of the way. Then, not in the future. I don't see it happening again. I still trust Nathan Work to get it done in Mac play. Let me ask you this, though. Where they stand at now, I think everybody feels like we can hit the reset button. Because, like you said, they played tough teams. They're, these are all acceptable losses. There's no disappointment to an extent. You lose all the excitement and the, the thrill of them possibly doing something and going to a bigger bowl game and yada, yada, yada. Well, that's not going to happen. But that really wasn't in the cards. You're just kind of hoping for that. If they lose one MAC game, is it a disappointment? No, because you'll still get in. It's just so about is it, getting is it all in. just so it's all about getting it's the just about okay. getting in to the MAC championship. I Sounds don't care good. how they do it, right? If you get in, because listen, we said there was question marks about this team heading into the season. We knew that the offensive line needed some work. We knew that the middle of that defensive unit needed some work. We knew that there were new skill position players and a whole new group of running backs in the backfield. We knew all those things could be problems for the Ohio Bobcats. Now, we didn't know Nathan Rourke would be sick in a game, and we didn't know that this type of team would just not show up for a game. Now we know that they're capable of not showing up. That's what kind of worries me, Connor, is we now know that the Bobcats are capable of really not showing up. Now, that was something that they demonstrated last year, that they were capable of not showing up. In the Miami game, they did it for a half, but they showed a four-quarter they did not show up, and that's not what you like to see. That comes from them being a young team. It's just a worry point for me in terms of the Ohio Bobcats. Well, absolutely. I mean, you got to be worried when you got to play all four quarters. Maybe you don't show up for the third, or maybe you, know, you have the game in hand by the fourth. But the Bobcats really haven't had the game in hand since Rhode Island. You know, they they beat Rhode Island forty-one to twenty, and then all right, you know what? Nathan Rourke was sick against Pitt, but Pitt just beat the fifteenth best team in the nation on the AP polls with uh, UCF. Like, the Bobcats, the one bad loss. All right, Marshall, half the game, defense didn't show up. And then defense showed up, gave yeah, the game Marshall, winning I mean, touchdown, 33-31. Offense showed up. They yeah. did their job. But against uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette, they, you know what, it was it was a dud. You know, it was just, they laid an egg out there. It, it was not, it was, a, it was a bad football game. You know, that's all there really is to it. Now, can they have one bad football game? Sure. But if you're looking at the teams that they lost to, it's not really that bad. I'm not pushing the panic button yet because Pitt, Pitt's a good football team. Power 5 team, just beat the 15th best team in the nation. Marshall, they're a good team in Conference USA. Whatever you want to say it or not, Marshall's a good football team this year. And we just lost, well, we Bobcats lost just by two points. And then uh, the Raging Cajuns, 45-25, that was a dud. Figured the Bobcats should at least put up 30 didn't expect the defense to give up 45, but you just move on from that game. You take the bye week, you get better, you improve, and you get ready for Buffalo because Buffalo is going to be tough away. You got to hop on the plane, get up there, and get ready to go. But you can't have another bad football game. You, you can't. Yeah. You have to have, even if you just, all right, you don't show up for the third or the second, whatever it is. If you play well at least three out of the four quarters, 
I think the Bobcats will, will win the majority of their football games, if not all of them, moving forward down the schedule. Because they should be favored against everybody. I Kent just, State, it might be, it's going to be a good game, but Kent State's home. And that's what I, I like about that game. I just, I'm worried that maybe, just maybe, we have a little bit of rose-colored glasses on. And, and we're drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. I hope not. But we'll find out at Buffalo. After this bye week, if, if they go on the road to Buffalo and lay another egg, now you got to ask real questions about this team and say, hey, I, I, I just, there might not be the supporting cast around Nathan Rourke, but they have a tough non-conference schedule. They have tough teams to play, and then maybe when they get back in conference, they get right back on track, just like the other team that plays football in the city of Athens or, or the Plains just outside. The Athens Bulldogs, they got back into conference play and got back on track. A 28-6 win against the Alexander Spartans. Troy, Connor, and I will break that down on the other side of the break. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. McFadden Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency in Nelsonville, serving clients all over the Buckeye State. The agency offers prompt and professional service for auto, home, business, and life insurance coverage that fits their customers' needs. Get in touch with their friendly staff today at 740-753-1905. McFadden Insurance Services is a proud sponsor of local athletics on Power 105 slash 970 WATH and WATH SportsFan.com. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. At Ohio Health, we believe change can be good, and much has changed throughout the years. Our primary care has expanded. Our departments have gained recognition and certification for their excellence. We are committed to treating Southeast Ohio to the best care and the best medicine possible. Visit OhioHealth.com slash to see all the changes we've made for the good of our region. Valero is a proud sponsor of high school sports on 970 WATH and Power 105. Located in Uptown Athens and just off Route 33 on Columbus Road, Valero is the place to fill up both your gas tank and your tummy. 
chips, drinks, snacks, and more, all at your local Valero. Either the Uptown location or the location just off Route 33 on Columbus Road. And good luck to all area teams in the 2019 season. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Sports Fan, 970-WATH, 97.1 FM, 740-592-6646, the number to call. We do have a caller on the line, and it's Ethel. Ethel, you there? I often wondered if people thought about how much uh, the, the scores would have been when Joy was in high school those last two years, if those boys had played the whole game rather than just have about a half a game. I don't know whether you remember that or not, but they generally was out with subs in there toward the end because... Oh, yeah. Because uh, otherwise those scores would have been probably 90-something every game. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the crazy things about the Joe Burrow record-breaking years back in high school is that they only played a half pretty much the entire season, definitely all of conference play. You could really almost double or at least 1.5 times all of Joe Burrow's numbers if he had played full games, and that's really incredible because he broke records already. With that, and like I said, if he would have played all... In fact, I worried when they got into the tough games that they weren't used to playing the whole game because, you know, they'd played through those games in half a game. And then all of a sudden we play all those tough teams at the end, you know, and when they get into tournament stuff, and there they play the whole game, you know. Yeah. And they they weren't really conditioned for that because they hadn't been playing that way all year. But they ended up making it through and winning a lot of playoff games, and and that's really due to Joe Burrow's attitude and strength. Ethel, you having fun watching Joe Burrow at LSU? I've only got to see the one game. I don't have that, but I... I've only got to see one game. Well, he's doing incredible, and he'll be on national, national television plenty of times uh, throughout the rest of the season. So you're I gonna, hope you're, so. Oh, you're, I, I, you're, I mean, that's my school. That's who I'm yelling for now. Oh, yeah. that's our boy. For sure. Ohio has <laughs> definitely switched over a little bit, especially in southeast Ohio. Tell us you. I thought we appreciate the call. And, you know, one thing I want to say, too, Saturday's game is talking about Ohio, Ohio University. I think if they would use uh, Ryan... More the twin, you know, more yeah. passes to him because those kids caught lots of passes and it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, the the Ohio coaching staff said before the season, "Hey, let's let's get the tight ends involved. Let let's get the ball to them." But they really haven't so far this year. And I mean, he caught three passes, I guess Saturday. But I mean, I think they should have heard doing other times because when I'm not, I'm not really trying to tell the coach what to do. But we know the boys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. We've seen their talent. Well, Ethel, we appreciate the call. Okay, bye-bye. Ethel, passionate LSU fan now, which a lot of Ohio has switched over, uh, Troy. And it was really incredible to see that stadium at 95% capacity, LSU fans on Saturday, and then a big chunk of those LSU fans from the state of Ohio, and uh, quite a bit. Uh, The last count I saw was close to 300 people um, from the Plains and Athens area went down to Nashville to watch Joey Burrow play, and, and that's absolutely incredible. It was it was awesome um, from that standpoint, all the Athens people. But really the most impressive thing to me was walking in that stadium. And I had to take several photos. Everything was purple and gold. I literally felt like I was walking into Baton Rouge. I thought we were at Death Valley. Could not believe 
how many fans made that nine-and-a-half-hour trip to Nashville and basically turned Vanderbilt Stadium into Death Valley? I yeah. mean, they did. It was, it, was, it was 80%. I would put it at 80%, maybe higher. The announcer said 85 or 90%, and I, I believe that. Very little black. It looked like an away team, like a little bit of the band, a few students, a few Scraggler fans around the field, and everything else was purple and gold. That's insane. Yeah, it, it was incredible. I told my buddy Max, I was like, hey, this is an LSU home game. It's 95%. And he goes, no way. It's probably 50-50. Still yeah. cool. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm telling you. It is 90-95% LSU Tigers. Athens Bulldogs, they're at home. Let, let's go ahead and dive into their game. And I, I just want everybody to know what Joey Moore is doing right now. It's pretty special. So they have a 28-6 win against Alexander. Joey had pretty good numbers in those games. Actually, Connor, you have those numbers right in front of you. Joey Moore's passing numbers against Alexander, they were. Yeah, 14 for 19, one interception, 228 yards, two touchdowns. And I, I was able to watch, well, I mean, you were there, you were calling the game, but uh, Brad and I left early to do the football Friday nights. And it, what we saw in the first half, Joey Moore didn't look like he was under pressure at all. It was a long third down, third and long to begin the game. Finds a receiver on the near side of the field and you know gets gets a first down and gets the Bulldogs cooking. You know, it's those plays like that that really set up for the tone of the game. It was great offensive production from Joey Moore and it was a it was a good game to watch from him. Yeah, he's been incredible. And let's read these numbers because these I'm a numbers guy. We know this. But what Joey Moore has done is the best production from an Athens quarterback since the other Joey, the one we were just talking about for an entire segment. Joey Moore is 76 of 117, 76 completions on 117 attempts. That's 65% completion percentage. It's absolutely incredible. For 1,045 yards, 1,045 yards in four games, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions. That's it. He's on pace. If if he played an NFL season, and it would be NFL numbers, 4,000 yards, 44 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That's called an NFL MVP. These are the types of stats that Joey Moore has been able to put up as the quarterback of the Athens Bulldogs against good competition. Now, he's going to have some more good competition. I like Vinton County's defense. I think that this is going to be a really interesting game on Friday on the road for Athens, and it's going to be a tough one. But what Joey Moore is doing, and, and Joey Moore's success is a lot of because of Nate Trainer's success. Nate Trainer, 30 catches, 400 yards, three touchdowns, averaging 100 yards a game. He's been incredible, too. He'd be on pace for a 1,600-yard, 120-catch, 12-touchdown season if he played out in NFL season. These are incredible numbers from the Athens Bulldogs, Troy. What Joey Moore and Nate Trainer specifically have been able to do is special. They finally get into conference play. They have a 28-6 win. There are, there were some points where you felt like Athens didn't look great, but it was a rivalry game against an Alexander team that was hungry for a win and a fairly talented Alexander team that I think is going to compete in the TVC Ohio. But Joey Moore and Athens, they just looked excellent at times against Alexander. They were able to put that game away pretty early. I think player for player, and you're looking at the teams, there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of kind of uh you know even amounts of talent amongst Nelsonville York, Athens, Vinton County, Wellston. But I think what sets what sets Athens apart, what's going to make them the favorite and possibly win this thing is their their athletes and their skill players are a notch above that whole group. The lines are similar, defenses are similar. You know, Nelson York does have Keegan, which is a great athlete. But when you put collectively Joey Moore Nate Trainer, Peyton Gale, 
Markins had a good game. Um, and Corbett Stalter. You put those guys out, and, and that just kind of gives them a little bit more than the other teams. So I think eventually throughout a game, if you're even up everywhere, and then you have a kid like Joey Moore and an athlete like Nate Trainer and the speed of a Peyton Gale, and Corbin Stalter's having a pretty good season. Braden Markins had the good game also on Friday night, the touchdown catch. You put those guys out there, and it just it gives Athens that little bit of edge. And But it is going to be very interesting Friday night at Vinton County. It's going to be a very stiff challenge. Sometimes that's not enough. Just having the best few players on your team faster than the other than the other squad that you're facing is not entirely enough to win every game. That's what's going to make it interesting. But I do think it gives them the edge in those games. I think the Wellston game is going to be very, very interesting, as is Friday night in MacArthur. Well, we got a caller on the line. Caller, your thoughts on the Athens Bulldogs? Well, I think we're just going to go ahead and play the game like the LSU <laughs> Buckeyes when it's playing Miami for the for the uh, national championship. They kept telling how Miami was going to run the Buckeyes off the field. We said, how oh, we just maybe go ahead and play the game. Are you referencing the Red Hawks Buckeyes game? No, the, the yeah. Miami Hurricanes oh, Ohio State okay. 2002 yeah, yeah, National yeah, yeah, Championship. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Lucas probably wasn't old enough to remember that. Very balanced this year, and it could, it could go. Uh, it could any Wellston, Nelks, New York, Big County, Athens. Uh, you never know what's going to happen on any night with mistakes, fumbles, interceptions. Uh, I think it's that close. Yeah. I think that's definitely a fair point about the TVC Ohio, and and I've said this about Athens. I think that Athens is going to be the favorite in each game, but not a big enough favorite to where those things won't matter. They will need to execute in terms of taking care of the football. They'll need to make sure that they don't commit as many penalties like they did Friday night, 13 against Alexander. You'll get beat in this conference this year if you're Athens, if you continuously make mistakes in those categories, on special teams like they had in a few games. So I think you're exactly right. I think a few turnovers could be the the entire difference in this conference. It's laying out to be a close year. That makes it exciting, though, because all these teams are so close. Well, I just, I, the reason I called was I wanted to let everybody know that I've not missed a LSU game on the SEC networks, and it's been free. So it's always uh, on the SEC network, yeah. So, yeah, I mean SECsports.com. I've, I've, uh, you might have to take a HTML cord and plug it in your TV for your laptop if you really want to watch it on the big screen. But I've sat and watched it on a laptop. Actually, I, I started doing that. I did that at the A and M game last year. Uh, so what is, is that? SECsports.net or .com. It's SECsports.com. Sweet. There you go. And you can get that from SECnetworks.com. So, and I've, I've not missed a ball game. I've watched every ball game. Well, so that's the way to make uh, sure that you're catching all of Joe Burrow. Well, we appreciate that because um, I did actually didn't know well, that website existed. I a lot of people in Nelsonville that I can't, you know, can't get it on Nelsonville TV cable. And I've been trying to tell people well, you can watch it on your phone or you can watch it on your laptop or yeah, or you take your laptop with an HCL, HTML cable and plug it into your TV. Yeah. Uh, then you got or, it on the big screen. Oh, yeah. TV, you can just go from, uh, just put it on your smart TV. So I know people don't want to miss the game, and uh, and and LSU's got a lot of support in Athens County. Oh, oh yeah. 
For sure, for sure. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate the call. All right, see you later. Yeah, I, this TVC is wide open. I think that's the one thing we definitely take out of that phone conversation is that TVC Ohio is wide open. Our phone line's wide open, too, 740-592-6646. Connor, Vinton County, they've got a tough defense. I mean, when you take a look at their schedule this year, Jamarcus Carroll, who's a big-time runner, going to play Division I college football. Vinton County only allows 14 points to that Unioto Sherman Tanks offense. Southeastern, they're a 4-0 team. They roll them 35 nothing, but the offense couldn't really get off the ground. I don't think it's fair to judge their defense off that game. Then only seven points allowed on the road to Fairfield Union, and then they shut out Megs on the road, who had the leading passer in the TVC from last year, Coulter Cleland, at quarterback. This defense is impressive. This defense is swarming around. They have good athletes. We've known Vinton County has a lot of good athletes for a long time. This game is going to be tough for Athens on the road, I think. What say you, Connor? I, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a tough road game. Uh, Vinton County, just week by week, seems to be getting better. You know, Hit the bottom of the barrel, 35 nothing against Southeastern. Southeastern is a good team. But 28 points against Fairfield Union, 20 points against Megs. Shut them out. Only gave up seven points to Fairfield Union. I, I think this defense has been getting better and better week in and week out. And for Athens, you know, their defense is getting better too. You know, their defense was their number one concern offense with Joey Moore and Nate Trainer and everybody. You know, they, they've been just rolling over getting points. But defense kind of let them down in the first three weeks. Now they stepped up, uh, beat Alexander, and you know, it's going to be a very, very, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, it's Again, it's going to come down to what, what can the defenses do? How many points can you hold uh, Joey Moore in the offense to if you're Vinton County? And if you're the Athens defense, all right, well, you got to step up. you got to stop in County. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and Athens defense, I mean, Peyton Shoemaker is doing some incredible things. Jackson's a pretty good team. I I think they did fairly well against Alexander. I think they're going to do pretty well in the DVC Ohio. This game is going to be about stopping Joey Mortroy. If Vinton County can find a way to contain the speedster for Athens and contain that that passing attack, then they're going to have a real opportunity to grab a victory in this game this upcoming Friday night. I fully expect them to be right in the game. I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think you and Matt are, are in for a really entertaining night. Athens is not going to be quite as flashy, quite as quick, quite as fast on the tall grass that I'm sure is out in Vinton County. i got to watch the weather. Rain today. Is it going to rain at all more going forward? That's going to hamper Athens' offensive attack. And uh, so I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I mean, I, when I do my messenger picks, they're due tomorrow, and I'm, and I'm, used, I'm used to just uh, circling Athens and just saying, well, you know, okay, I got that one in the books, but – I'm actually having to look at these now. I go back and look to see who Vinton County played. I'm trying to call my buddy Nathan Lamb and get some insight because it's not a guaranteed circle on the old pick'em contest. That'll tell you right there what what I'm thinking, what others are thinking. I think if it was at Athens, I would feel pretty comfortable about uh, picking Athens and, and not worrying too much about it. But I, I think going over to MacArthur makes it much much trickier. I think playing on their field, the whole situation. Um, Traditionally, we don't play very well there. We don't play well at Wellston either, and Megs. In fact, all three of them, we really kind of struggle. Even even Burroughs teams, you know, they they still beat them pretty bad, but they they didn't always look as crisp when they're over there on them, them grass fields like that as they do on the turf, which they practice on every day. They play on every Friday night when they're at home. So that's something to look forward to. You better call the AD too, because I think there's some people going to be there Friday night. You need to call, and make sure you're, they know you're coming. This press box is small. 
Unless it's nice out, you can stand up top. But. Man, aren't you the sports director? Aren't you supposed well, to? Well, play that? by play guys, man. You got to cover that kind of stuff. Play by play guy. I, I, we could talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how that's how it was set up before I got here. Well, I. But then you were doing it when I got here. Well, the then... thing is, yeah. Well, I started to do it, but what happened, and the reason they went away from that was because there would be communications that might occur between the the one guy that called that actually is not going. That didn't get relayed to the guy that was going. Basically, eliminating a middleman that could cause complications in the communication. So that's why they always did it, where the play-by-play guys in direct contact with the person. That way, when you get there, like, hey, I'm Lucas Moore. I'm the one to talk to you on the phone. You said I'd be here, and it's not, hey. Some guy told me, you know, the, my guy, my boss told me, you told him that we would be at a certain spot. See what I mean? There's, yeah, there's, no, and, and it gets very tricky on Friday nights, by the way. So you need to be in direct contact with the person that you're going to be dealing with that night. That's why it's always been that way. I tried to help you out. I tried to stray away from that. And I, and some, some things occurred that made me realize, well, well, that's why they did it that way. Well, we do, we'll do a game from the stands. Don't really matter. Don't really matter. Although, I'll, I'll contact the folks of Inton County, make sure we get a spot. Oh, just Matt Combs. I'll give you his number. Okay. Matt's cool. You need to talk to Matt, Matt anyway. Matt's a great Matt. guy. We've talked to Matt. Matt Combs, the legendary basketball coach. I'll tell you this. Browns aren't looking legendary. I'll tell you why Freddie Kitchens is on the hot seat. Other side of the break. Sports fan, 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. McFadden Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency in Nelsonville, serving clients all over the Buckeye State. The agency offers prompt and professional service for auto, home, business, and life insurance coverage that fits their customers' needs. Get in touch with their friendly staff today at 740-753-1905. McFadden Insurance Services is a proud sponsor of local athletics on Power 105 slash 970 WATH and WATH SportsFan.com. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Segment of the show. No Reds tonight. Kicking to Bob Bayette, some music here in about 10 minutes. 
On 970 WATH, 97.1 FM, Lucas Moore in studio, Connor Mills, Troy Bullen as well. And let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I told you guys, listen, I, it wasn't it wasn't really unreasonable what we, what we were saying, I think. I think Browns fans kind of knew this. Freddie Kitchens is not ready to be a head coach. That was a bad hire. And I think that a lot of people are starting to realize that. And if you Browns fans are saying, well, Freddie Kitchens did a really bad bad job. And if all the media is saying, well, I think that Freddie Kitchens did a pretty bad job. If that is consistently being said, you don't think the players in the locker room are thinking that? And you don't want these types of players in the locker room thinking that Freddie Kitchens is doing a bad job. Because what has been Odell Beckham's biggest problem it's not when things are going well. He's not a problem child when things are going well. He's he's a good teammate. He's a hard worker. He's a guy that's a great receiver when things are going well. But when things are going bad, when losses start to stack up, Odell gets upset. When Odell's not getting the ball in key situations late in the game, Odell gets upset, especially when you lose, especially when you only scored 13 points, especially when you're disappointing again. Baker puts going to put more pressure on himself. He's got that endorsement money. I'm sure his agent is saying, hey, man, you got to play a little bit better. We just signed all these contracts. There's pressure. There's real pressure from Cleveland because they put those expectations on themselves. And that pressure makes it difficult to play. That pressure to get people the ball puts you in a difficult situation. And you have a bad coach. And that's all going to just pile on top of it. They're going to lose to the Ravens. They will be one in three. And from there, they need to find an upset win against the Seahawks or the Patriots, which you go ahead, Browns fans, and confidently say that a 1-3 Browns team is going to beat the Seahawks or the Patriots. Maybe they squeak out one against the Seahawks, but I don't think they will. I think they'll lose the next three games, and I think they'll be 1-5. And, and then I think they'll lose another one and go 1-6, because they have San Francisco in there as well. And if the Browns are 1-6, ladies and gentlemen, Freddie Kitchens is fired. Freddie Kitchens is fired. Because this is not a 1-6 football team. This team has talent across the board. They should be, honestly, a great coach, Sean Payton. Sean McVay. Bill Belichick. Right? Great coach, great coach, great coach. Name them. They would have this team at from 10-6 and six to 13-3. and three. That's how much talent is on this squad. And Freddie Kitchens, if he hasn't been 1-6... And it's already a questionable hire to begin the season, and you're already questioning what type of coach he is right now. I think that Freddie Kitchens is in fact Freddie Kitchens is in fact on the hot seat, and his job could be on the line. Connor. Well, yeah, of course. When football is a winning sport, right? And if you're not winning, you're going to get fired. And that's what happens. Whether you're in a, a New York market, if you're in the Ohio market, it, it doesn't matter. If you are not winning football games, you will get fired whether you've been here for a year or whether you've been here for 15, 16 years. If you're not winning football games, you will get fired. And if Freddie Kitchens does not win as many football games as a lot of people expected that these Browns would win, then guess what? He will get fired. And you talked about Odell Beckham Jr. and how you know things don't go well when, when his team is losing. Where did you see that before? This was not some kind of thing we, we pulled out of left field here obj does not do well on a losing team he doesn't yeah he's kicked he, a field goal net 
Yeah, he's kicked the field goal net. He's made out with the field goal net. Uh, he he's made some. Um, he he acted out some things in the end zone. We won't describe, but it, it's you got to win football games is the bottom line, and your star players don't perform well when you're losing. They might try to perform well, but then they have all the off-field antics. You got a quarterback who's regressed from last season, and you got a football coach who wasn't even an offensive coordinator, wasn't even a defensive coordinator. He was just an assistant coach. Yeah. There's no background. There's no – you can't go back in Freddie Kitchen's coaching career and say, all right, this is what's going to make him a good coach because there's nothing behind him. There's nothing backing him up. He doesn't have a resume to say, hey, I am qualified to be a head coach of an NFL team. Normally, you need to be an offensive coordinator. You need to be a a, uh, college coach. He's he wasn't. He was not. He was he was offensive coordinator for half a season, and he was a running backs coach before that for a long time. Was not a highly touted assistant because he wouldn't have been in the Cleveland Browns organization if he were a highly touted assistant as a running backs coach. Somebody else would have hired him as a coordinator. That's the thing. I don't think Freddie Kitchens would have a job as a coordinator this year, except for in Cleveland. If if the Browns would have kept him on his offensive coordinator, I don't think anybody else would have given him a coordinator role. And you don't want the coach in the league that nobody else would give a coordinator role to. Freddie Kitchens has barely called plays. This guy's not ready for this. He's not. And Baker's a young guy, too, and there's experienced wide receivers who expect to win football games. None of this bailing out of the pocket stuff. None of this sidearm slinging, making bad passes and bad choices in games and 13 points and discombobulation. None of that stuff is acceptable. It was win time. You put that pressure on yourself, and that's going to get Freddie Kitchens fired. And that will give Baker Mayfield four coaches before he even hits his third NFL season. And that's a bad formula to win a Super Bowl. And I just think that if the Browns don't find a way to turn this around, to figure this thing out, that you're staring down the barrel of the same result that has happened time and time and time and time and time and time again, which is high expectations met by massive failure, met by change in leadership. And if the Browns find themselves in that situation again, find themselves in the top 15 picks of the NFL draft again, find themselves staring down the barrel of another bad season again, another disappointing quarterback again, another new coach again, that's a lot of pressure. The cycle repeats. And it continues on. And pressure like that, it's tough to manage. It's tough to handle. It's tough to get over. It's tough to overcome. And I'm not sure that the Cleveland Browns have the makeup to do it. They needed to find a veteran leader coach, a guy who knew what he was doing. They did not. They made a bad hire, and it's going to ruin their season. It could potentially ruin this young team's core and this young team's future. Anything else stand out from the NFL for you, Connor, over this past week? What's something that caught your eye, something that excited you about the National Football League? Well, the one thing that I think caught everyone's attention was Gardner Minshew. I mean, he just catches everybody's attention. He's got the swagger. He's got the demeanor. And, you know, he he gave Jacksonville a win this past week. And not a whole lot of people are are high on Jacksonville. But, you know what, if they're going to be successful, you've got to have a little success with your, your quarterback. And that's what a lot of the teams in the league are looking at right now. Yeah, well, how it's, about Daniel Jones and the Giants? I know you're a Jets fan, so it's an interesting perspective, but Daniel Jones, four touchdowns accounted for. It pulled off an 18-point comeback, something Eli Manning never did in his career. 
an, an impressive day, an impressive performance from Daniel Jones. Yeah, I was shocked. You know, I, I was happy for the kid. You know, I, I really was. You know, Daniel Jones, he was not highly touted in the draft. Many people thought, well, where did the Giants get this kid from? How you have uh, Dwayne Haskins still out there? He he's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. He had a better quarterback record than Daniel Jones. You, you're going to take the Duke quarterback? What are you kidding us? You're going to go Duke over an Ohio State quarterback? How, how can you do that? But Daniel Jones proved it. He stepped up. He did the job and got the Giants' first win. And the Giants, yeah, the defense they did a little bit better uh, as the game. They held. Um, who, who was the team that they Tampa played? Bay. The, the Tampa Buccaneers. Bay. Yeah, that, that's Buccaneers right. missed the a Buccaneers. field goal at the end of the game. Jameis Winston played really well, but it was just kind of a Daniel Jones coming out party. Right. 300-plus yards, four touchdowns, Daniel Jones running all over the field. Did what Eli Manning could not do. Eli Manning doesn't have good legs. Everybody knew that. Pocket passers are kind of becoming non-existent in the NFL. So now you got you got Daniel Jones. you got fresh legs in there. You know how he many rushing run. touchdowns Eli Manning has? This season or in his career? In his career. Seven. You know how many Andy Dalton has? Nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen. I will still say 19. that Eli Manning is better than Andy Dalton. Sure, you can say that, but I don't know why you want to say Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. We'll like, see. how is he a Hall of Famer if a rookie has, you know, when it was a great rookie debut, but it didn't set any records, and everybody was like, wow, that is something that Eli Manning could never do. You shouldn't be able to say that on your rookie's first start. When you replace a Hall of Famer, everybody should be like, man, it's going to take a lot. When Joe Montana and Steve Young got replaced, the Niners had issues. But, okay, let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Fair, fine, whatever. Sports fan 970 WATH. We're Troy Bull and Connor Mills. I'm Lucas Moore. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.